So this week we are outside again and we are experiencing what I like to talk about what we used to experience when we would walk around and pray with people, which we're going to get back to. And if you ever want to be part of that, you can be more than welcome to, to walk around with us. I've just been slow in doing that. But as we would do this exercise, I would realize that a lot of times in our church experience, the lights go down, the quiet room fills with blue and red lighting, and it gets dark, and our kids get moved to another area, and we're able to engage emotionally without a semi-truck driving by or without a loud noise and although that can be really 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 good for us because sometimes we just need that sometimes it can be a detriment because it doesn't teach us that holiness is all around and I learned through walking around these streets that there is a move of God happening everywhere. And I need to learn to see that move as good. Because the reality is, God is moving just below the surface in our lives and in people's lives, and we don't need to only have it quiet and still to be able to recognize that we need to learn to be quiet and still ourselves sometimes now don't get me wrong I'm not saying one is bad and the other is good I'm saying it's important for us to learn that and so why not learn it during the summer when it's really really nice some of the benefits of that are usually this doesn't happen when I'm talking Although I do have a very moving voice and a rhythm that will just draw you in to God's heart, especially when I slow my words and speak intentionally to your heart. It usually happens when Anna gets on the piano, some random person comes walking by and starts crying in the background, and I'm like, if they would have only walked by earlier and heard me and so this is an opportunity to be present to the neighborhood that we're trying to be present to but also enjoy the reality that this cathedral sky is more beautiful than anything we could build and if we learn to recognize that the people who walk by are more beautiful than anything we can manufacture we could begin to see the good for what it is in the Old Testament it was the priest's job to distinguish the holy from the unholy. So a priest would have to label something good or bad or set apart for God or not set apart for God, and they ended up coming up with all of these different regulations in order to make us believe that we ourselves were set apart for the good or set apart for God, and it turned into a lot of things that God did use to bless people and to draw them to himself, but also that were used to make it difficult for people to understand what God was doing 
just below the surface. And so we find ourselves in this place where what happened after the fall, Adam and Eve sinned, which this is, I've been talking about this for a long time. What happened after that was we as people started to believe and think that it was our job to label what was good and what was evil. Do you remember, does anybody remember this in Genesis chapter 3? Adam and Eve get lied to and they get told, if you do this, you'll have the responsibility that God has. You'll have the knowledge and the power to distinguish good and evil. And the moment they decide to give themselves that responsibility to know and distinguish good from evil, they immediately label themselves as evil. And then they start to deflect and blame and hide from each other so that the other now also thinks that they're evil. All the while God's going, who told you this? Who told you that you weren't enough? Who told you that you were evil? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were lacking appropriate covering? And so a system gets set up where God is trying to bring the people back to himself. And now the priests distinguish the holy from the unholy. And a sacrificial system gets put into place so that they stop killing each other. Maybe they can kill an animal instead of their neighbor and we start to move toward peace several thousand years later Jesus enters the picture and Jesus changes the whole game Jesus says God's doing something just below the surface and that thing that God is doing that's just below the surface is holy and it's good and it's powerful and it's everywhere even in the places you don't think it is and that thing is called the kingdom of God and if you can learn to see that the kingdom of God is operating just below the surface everywhere you are then you can start to call things out as how they were made and how they were created and you can say that thing is good that place is good and i'm going to step into that place and be part of how god made it to be the best example i have that i've shared before is when we cleaned up the most what was labeled as the most disgusting park in this neighborhood and just the day we cleaned it up and trimmed branches and picked up trash everybody stopped littering because we took something that God had made good his earth and we treated it as such and then everyone else saw it as it really was and stopped treating it like it wasn't everyone stopped taking on the authority and the power to label this park as good or evil and we just believe the reality that already existed, that God was moving just below the surface of it all and bringing it back to what he created it to be. And now nobody litters there anymore, and it's getting more and more beautiful every single day. And when my kids go there, they climb on the rocks and they think I'm king of this rock, and it reminds me of when I was a child, and it brings me back to how God created me as well. And so when Adam and Eve 
which means first man and first woman, when human beings decided that we would take the authority to label what was good and what was evil, we labeled ourselves evil, and in doing so, we deflected and made other people feel like they were not good enough as well. And this is the place we're in today. We are unlearning what we have learned about ourselves and what we have learned about others, specifically anyone different than us. And we are starting to say, I'm going to treat that in the image or in the way that God made it to be treated. And God is very clear on how God labels things. God calls it all good. God has always called it all good. God has never stopped calling it all good. And God will never stop calling it all good. The Old Testament prophet would say, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you are not destroyed. If I labeled you as evil, you would destroy each other. And so as the church, as people who say we follow Jesus, it's important for us to understand that what Jesus was and is up to today is taking back the image that he gave to us and giving it back to us and letting us know this is the reality that you must believe for yourself and for others if you want to participate in the kingdom of God, in what I am doing just below the surface. But we really like power. And we really like the feeling of telling someone you're good or you're evil and I'm the decider. And we set up so many different ways that we can do that with each other. And the sad part of this story is that you and I were born into these ways. Some people call them systems. Some people call them institutions. It's not just the church. It's everywhere is set up to tell you you're not quite what you need to be so that you will work a little harder by the thing that promises it can make you who you're supposed to be or come back next week so you can fully understand more who you're supposed to be all the while jesus is moving just below the surface in your life in my life in everyone's life and if we can call that out we can begin to understand that i am still today like you, because Jesus rose from the dead and conquered everything that would speak death over me, created in the image of God. And if I'm in the image of God, that means I look like God. That means I smell like God. That means in a lot of ways I speak like God and I represent God. I said this last week, but you may notice that sometimes in your life you have a conversation with someone and they say something to you like, man, I've talked to a lot of people in my life, but I've just never experienced someone like you because you fill in the blank, dot, dot, dot. That's because you and I are created in the image of God and we're walking around not believing we're created in the image of God, believing that something has to be different because we took 
the authority to label what was good and what was evil. And so our act of repentance at Edison Chapel is to repent of taking that power and taking that responsibility and that authority to call out what's good and evil and instead acknowledge that God has made it all good and Jesus is moving just below the surface to return it to how it is supposed to be. And if we want to be part of that, all we have to do is pray to open our eyes so that we can see it. I've been doing that for the past five years and my mind is blown by the things that God is doing in this world and we started this little church and our minds are blown constantly by how Jesus is moving just below the surface but in order to get to that place we had to repent of saying we know what is good and what is evil and what is bad and we can say the only thing we know the only thing we were designed to know is that God made it and God called it good and God called us really good and God put us in charge of it and when we believed the lie that we could be like God and know things that we're not supposed to know we got it wrong and we messed it up and we find ourselves in a world that's constantly labeling each other in itself as evil and Jesus is saying who told you that because it wasn't me and so now I'm gonna have each of you go to each other and tell I'm just kidding <laughs> Anna's gonna do some worship in this beautiful shady breeze as the Sun goes down we're going to watch our kids who are beautiful and good play and make more noise than they're allowed to in other places and we're going to worship and we're going to reflect on where I need to repent of claiming a responsibility that God never gave to me because Jesus rose from the dead so that I don't have to speak that death into anyone else anymore I don't have to speak it into myself and I can repent and actually say, God, I'm sorry for not believing that I'm created in your image, for not believing that I look and smell and talk like you. I am sorry for not embracing reality. Some people say that maturity is just learning to accept reality. Anna shared that quote with me. You were? Yeah, but it was because I sparked it with my talking. What you told me when we were talking sparked this entire monologue that I'm giving, Anna. So, yes, do not talk to me on Thursdays, Anna, and forget what I just said. I'm not going to expand on it so Anna can expand on it. As we experience transformation, we acknowledge that change is when we learn something new. And transformation is when we shed something old. And we are in the process of shedding the lie that not only we are not where or who we need to be and learning that we shine brightly and we can step into any place right now with our lives and shine brightly like we're doing in this neighborhood and it's changing lives radically. But more than that, we can come back a layer and say, Jesus, I'm sorry and I need you to reveal to me where I have taken on the responsibility of labeling good and evil when that was God's job.
and I'm going to give that job back to God, and I'm going to accept the reality that God calls it all good. I know this is challenging theologically for some of us, but I'm telling you, until you, until you can embrace it, you will continually miss what Jesus is doing just below the surface. And that, my friends, is the kingdom of God. Father, thank you that we can gather in the middle of Edison by Urban Alliance, by Stockbridge where cars drive by. And thank you that Anna gives me great sermon points to use while I'm preaching so I can steal them. In Jesus' name, amen.